Welcome to the second episode of GWH Talks, and welcome back to any of you who listened in to our first podcast. My name is Patrick Ismond, and I'm the host for season one of the Great Western Hospital's NHS Foundation Trust podcast, where we are exploring equality, diversity and inclusion topics. Please subscribe to our podcast so you get all the info on future episodes. And if you want to get involved in the conversation, then leave us a message. In today's episode, I will be discussing the power of allyship, why it's important and how you can be an effective ally. Our special guest is Sophia McKenzie, Violence Reduction Unit Coordinator at Bath and North East Somerset Council. Thank you, Sophia, and welcome. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you for having me. I suppose we should start at the beginning um, as a discussion point. In terms of what an ally is, one of the definitions that I've seen is that it's someone who makes a personal commitment to fighting oppression and prejudice. How does that resonate with you in terms of being an ally? Um, yeah, it resonates very well with me. It's just, I suppose I I don't really use the word ally. Um, I'm not sure what word I would use, but yeah, absolutely. I think it's for people to recognise the oppression that is felt by others, either a set of individuals or a group of people. Yeah. Um, and that can be, you know, across any particular people of protected characteristics, stepping up and actually taking on the cause um, and doing their best to understand. I wouldn't ever expect people to fully understand because unless you've been through it, how do you? But to be willing to learn and understand what oppression and what inequity looks like, basically. OK, so what I'm hearing is that the effort is as important as getting it right and having the right um, instincts and having the right motivation is really important in terms of being an ally. You're not using the term ally, so what term would you use instead? I don't know what word I'd use. I think, you know, just being willing, somebody who is willing to stand alongside other people, you know, to be, I don't know, is, is comrade too strong a word, you know, to be you know, a comrade, I suppose, to be somebody who actually sees what happens. I don't really, I, it doesn't matter to me really what label is put on that. It's more the act. And like you said, it's the, it doesn't have to be right. You yeah. don't have to get it right all the time. It just to be, has to be that willingness to stand up and speak out when you see it and to also accept your own um, privileges if you've got privileges. And we've all got privileges in some way. So, yeah, that's an interesting term you raise, because later on, I'd like to explore what privilege means and how we can extend that to people who are working with in solidarity, which I suppose is a sense of what I'm picking up from you. Um, yeah. So what makes a good person acting in solidarity? What what are the kind of characteristics you think would be important? Um, I think being honest yeah and being honest with yourself as well so not just I am an honest person you know you can trust me but actually being honest with yourself so I mean uh, something that probably my own family is sick of me saying and my friends is about people getting comfortable with being uncomfortable 
Yeah. You know, it doesn't make you anti something if you're pro something else, you know. So to stand up and just be really honest and call a situation out for when you see it. So if I see somebody being mistreated in the street, I have a moral duty, I think, to call that out. So in the same way as if somebody sees an inequality and an act of injustice against an individual or a set of people, there is a moral duty, whether that affects you or not, to call it out actually and to stand there. Whether that means people now, you know, we've got social media phones, people use phones, you can say that was not cool, what you said, you know, instead of worrying about what that looks like, I think people do worry about what it looks like for them. What will that mean for me? What will that cost me? To be a good ally, you have to forget about that really and think about actually there's a bigger impact that's going on here. The impact is going to be towards the person who is subjected to that inequality, who is subjected to that oppression and that group of people where it goes way, way back when we're talking about intergenerational trauma as well. So to be a good ally, you just have to be honest and be willing, I think. I think they're really powerful words. Really powerful words, Sophia. And when you were giving that example, that context, I was thinking about my own work, our workplace at Great Western Hospital and how difficult staff can sometimes find it when their colleague is being discriminated against by patients or by other staff members and they might feel anxious about stepping in and protecting that colleague. That's the kind of thing you're talking about, isn't it? That Absolutely. You know, putting yourself out on a limb to protect a colleague. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that I think that people if you want to be, I mean I'm going to use the word ally because that's what we're talking about, but if you want to be an ally, then you have to be wholeheartedly committed to that, not just on paper, not just in a tokenistic way, because if you're going to do a tokenistic gesture by saying I am this person and I understand your cause and I want to fight alongside you and I want to stand up for you, but actually you aren't able to actually do that, then that's a fail straight away, isn't it? And, you know, and I, and I, I don't mean that person is a failure, but it's a fail in that action. It really is. And that can do more damage in the long term because when you face discrimination, as you know, and when you face opposition and you face inequality, it's hard to trust people. It's really hard to trust people. So if you find somebody that says, yes, I'm going to be an ally, but actually they aren't an ally. They just feel like they are. But in their actual actions, they're not. That can actually do more damage because then how do you next trust the next person that comes along if I'm making any sense I'm not sure yeah that. perfect sense so what I'm hearing is that tokenistic gestures can erode your faith if you're not doing anything constructive Absolutely. to support somebody yeah and I think that make, that makes a lot of sense is that what you mean when you say wholehearted commitment absolutely yeah yeah what else does that involve I think it means challenge yeah I think it means mm -hmm. to challenge I think yeah. we have to challenge and again, I mean, all these things that we're talking about, challenge, calling things out, standing aside, you know, equipping ourselves with knowledge. They're all uncomfortable things, you know, and that's why I say, like, get comfortable with being uncomfortable, because there's going to be situations that, you know, somebody that doesn't have oppression is going to look at and they're going to say, OK, yeah, I can I can help in that situation. I can do that. But that wasn't me or, you know, that was before my time. 
it doesn't mean that it doesn't have an impact still. I feel like I lost my train of thought there. I'm really sorry. <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. So that wholehearted commitment has to be that commitment to, to do what you say you're going to do. It's really simple. Like you do what's written on the tin. If you're going to support, then support. Empower yourself. Give yourself knowledge. Understand. Try to understand about the, the struggles and about inequality, about racism and discrimination. I mean, it's a privilege in itself to be able to learn about racism, not to actually experience it. It's a privilege to be able to learn and educate yourself about discrimination, not through experience. And I think that you have to take that on as well. I think people have to take that on. Can you give me some examples, Sophia, of where you feel allyship has worked well, either in your own life or from things that you've, examples that you've seen, where you've seen good allyship working? I suppose, really, it would. I'm going to struggle with this, Patrick. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to struggle with it. I'm going to give the example of our last Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah. And so we saw more people of different races standing up alongside people. Yeah. Yeah. But is that true allyship? You know, is that? And I. I recognise that people's intentions are correct, but since then it's kind of dropped off. So I think at the time that was good allyship to stand up there, to come out, particularly in a time of pandemic and say, actually, this is not right. But to be a truly good ally, you'd need to continue that. So, you know, if you see your colleague who's more qualified than you or equally as equally or more qualified, you're going for the same job that you're going for, but they're getting turned back time and time again, then I think you need to call that out in the system and ask, you know, why Why is that person still in that same position that they've been in for 10 years and they've applied for it time and time again? Why is there no, you know, very few black people in leadership? Why are there very few people leading our schools and educating our children, particularly in inner city areas where we have predominantly higher rates of non-white children within schools? That's what a good ally would be to me. It would be somebody that continued the fight. And I know people struggle sometimes with the word fight, but that is exactly what it is. People that will continue to promote that cause, people that will continue to educate themselves, that will stand out and actually use. Being a good ally, you actually would have to use. Sorry, I just wrote that down. You need to use your own privilege. So if you can open the door and help people to step through that door, that's being a good ally, you know? And I think also as somebody that's been discriminated against, I would step through that door if it's for the right reasons. If somebody is holding that door open and saying, okay, I have access to more than you. I have a bigger network and I'm gonna be accepted in more places than you, but I'm gonna bring you alongside with me. Not as in, look what I've done for you, but actually let me just open this door and let me expose you to this part, this extra bit of the world, you know, that you may not have had before. That would be being a good ally to me. So what I'm hearing is it's about helping other people be seen and heard and recognised for their talents. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, do you know what? There's so much to agree with what you're saying. And I wonder why we find it so difficult. I wonder why we find it so difficult. I think that there is a lot more personally, and this is literally just a personal opinion, and I'm quite happy to be called out on anything I say at any time. But I think that 
we have a lot so I'm going to talk as a black woman you know we have a lot to be fearful of we have a lot to be mistrustful of um and there is a lot of intergenerational trauma that is unrecognized sometimes so I think that more times than not we're knocked back more times than not doors are shut in our face more times than not we are stigmatized and labeled to be a certain way if we speak out so i think there lies the problem a lot of the time right there in is recognizing so i think to step forward to accept help and to call things out ourselves we have to learn what our history is and what's holding us back in the first place and actually look and see what are the issues within our own community to be an ally i think you just have to be selfless in a way because the impact on somebody calling a situation out or standing up and talking or using their privilege to open a door is not going to be as detrimental as it is going to be to others but also I'd think even if it was do you know for me I'd rather have that detrimental than to stand back and actually allow something to happen that wasn't right and not say anything so it's about calling out the wrongs isn't it really and you've raised an interesting interesting and I, I would imagine to some people a contentious point about um the impact of trauma and how it can impact on your own mind and maybe stop you from um meeting at a place where you're able to help yourself as much as be helped i think so i think we struggle sometimes i know i hope i'm not sliding off too much in talking about this we struggle sometimes to recognize the things that hold us down ourselves so we, rec we struggle you know we, we we talk about things like imposter syndrome you know we know that it's a real thing but how many of us would actually be able to say yeah that is something and actually I struggle with that and then maybe look at the reasonings behind there's always a reason behind something I mean I, I tend to look for things and look for deeper depth in yeah. most actions and most words usually and I can usually then link it somewhere even if it's not a direct link to something in my own past it's a direct to my past even if it's not in my living past if you know what I mean so in answer to your question I don't know why it's so difficult I don't know why it's so difficult but I think and I suspect it's because the struggle to accept past traumas and the struggle for allies to be labelled or fear of being impact on their own lives or fear of getting it wrong and not being able to solve it, you know, that the discrimination, being able to solve that. But actually, for me, I'm not asking anybody to solve discrimination. I'm just asking somebody to say, you can see it, you know, in the same way as you can stand against next to me, sorry, not against, next to me in a park and take the knee you know, and, and and shout Black Lives Matter, then in the same way that you should be able to take that same mantle and, and wield it in other places as well, you know, and, and call things out for when they are, to continue having those conversations, whether it's at dinner. It doesn't have to be in big, massive forums either. And I think maybe people might actually struggle with that. Now I'm thinking about it, now we're talking about it. Do they struggle with the situation and think that, well, if I see it at work, I don't need to say anything. If a friend says it, I don't need to say anything. If I see a friend, you know, go into a shop and my friend is, you know, black and I'm white 
and they're getting followed. Do I say anything? You know, it doesn't, maybe they think it doesn't matter, but it does matter because it's all those little actions that build up to the bigger picture, isn't it? You know, when you were describing that, I was reminded of um, working in an organisation where everybody wore a uniform. And one of the code of conduct messages was that even when you're outside the organisation, and even if you're not wearing that uniform, you represent the values of that organisation. And so what you do inside the organisation and what you do outside are equally important. And I think what I'm hearing from you is that you, you're taking that allyship and that solidarity, not just with in relation to colleagues who might be experiencing oppression, you're calling it out wherever you are Absolutely. and you're calling it out in the most effective way. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And that uniform, that's that's a really great analogy because it's very much like that. You know, children, when they go to school, they put on their school uniform and they're told you have to keep your tie on until you get home because you are still representing this school when you're out in the community. So that's yeah. absolutely right. It's about representing yourself and your values. If you say that you're that person, then be that person at all times. Don't yeah. just be that person when it's convenient or, you know, when you feel like you can you be that person all the time and and just be comfortable with being uncomfortable just just you know it doesn't mean that oh, i don't know it doesn't mean that that you have to solve everything it doesn't mean that the smallest action doesn't matter i mean even if nobody else hears you say to somebody that's not cool and that's not right it's still effective it's still effective, even if it's at the dinner table with your own family, it's still effective because you're making a stand and you're letting that person know, I don't agree with you. Yeah. And that's not right. You know, yeah. it's just not right. And I think that's what it's about, really. Yeah. And you raised another important point about how um, we need to sometimes be kinder to people who are going to be allies, because sometimes when you're experiencing discrimination, it can feel very exhausting having to explain it to an ally time and time again in a way that is patient and, and and sort of measured and considered because it's so emotional. So maybe there's something about us being kinder as well to people who want to be allies because it it, it can be difficult to um, get a comfortable relationship with an ally, can't it? I think it can be difficult to get a comfortable relationship. But I think that I do agree. I mean, I always agree. Be kinder to people. You know, I just generally always believe be kind to people because you don't know what they're coming from. Generally, you don't know what they yeah. stepped away from. You don't know what second they encountered or a minute or, or an hour before that. You have no idea. What I would have a problem with would be to dilute myself and my views. Yeah. Sake yeah. somebody else's feelings. I would have a problem with that, I suppose, because I've had to do it plenty of times before. And I suppose in the last few years, I've just chosen that actually I will say a few precursor sentences, you know, pre-thought you know, pre about sentences to, you know, just sort of say this is how I am. But I think that if you dance around things too much, then you can never get your message across. Yeah. Possibly. yeah. If you dance around it or dilute it too much, and it's not about being unkind, it's just about being real. So, yeah. you know, it's the same way if I said to you, okay, Patrick, you know, today I went into a shop and I was followed around and it made me feel uncomfortable. And you heard that. And then I dismissed it by saying, oh, you know, but it happens all the time or, you know, maybe I should have taken something, then that's kind of watering it down to make it more gentle and acceptable for you to hear. So then yeah. it's maybe the message then to you would be, it's not so much of a problem. I don't have to call anything out to you. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that's a fantastic illustration, Sophia. Yeah, really good. Because it's not about it's not so much about the feelings of the individual who is your ally. It's about the real experience that you're trying to impart to get them to understand what you're going through. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, I'll accept that lots of people don't understand when they are being discriminatively it's so when they're being when they're being discriminative towards another person because sometimes these things are so entrenched as much as things are entrenched in our own history they're really entrenched in privileged histories people with privileged backgrounds and I think that people sometimes misinterpret the word privilege to mean financial privilege you know um, academic privilege those sorts of things but I think just you know, there are some situations where we all have privilege yeah. and can always support somebody else that doesn't have doesn't have that privilege, hasn't been given that privilege, doesn't have equity because people talk about equality all the time, but they don't necessarily talk about equity. And I think that's what we're talking about here when we're talking about privilege. It's about recognising your own position mm. and your own capacity to help. Absolutely. You've got a five-year-old standing in front of you and he says, Sophia, Sophia, how can I be an ally to my friend Malcolm? What do you say to him? I don't know. I suppose I would say, have you asked Malcolm? Have you asked Malcolm? And if he hasn't, then that would be my suggestion. Go and ask Malcolm, because what being an ally looks like for me might be very different to what it looks like for Malcolm or anybody else. So actually go and ask go and ask. I really do think that life is quite as simple as that. Just ask those questions. Absolutely fantastic. Thank you for your time, Sophia. Really, really a real pleasure to speak with you again after such a long time. And thank, thank you. you for sharing your insights. Yeah, no, thank you very much. It's been lovely talking to you again as well. Thank you for tuning in today. We hope you've enjoyed listening. Please subscribe to the podcast to hear about upcoming episodes. And we look forward to sharing more with you.